You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So Shannon, I want to get right to the point, because I don't know if you're aware that uh, T-minus one day to the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. Uh, I'm very aware. My suitcase is screaming at me that you are down to like 12 hours before you have to be on a plane. <laughs> There's so much to do. So much to do. But so much fun stuff to do is I'm creating the notebook. I'm just like, I wish I could be a participant at this workshop. Well, you know, I mean, you're know will be technically. Yeah, but. you know, you're half the equation. So <laughs> when you're not on, be a participant. <laughs> I do. I do learn. I would I would say the expression that I usually use, but I better edit it. I learned a ton from you, Corey Allen. <laughs> well, workshops you. together. Seriously. It's thank amazing you. how you think, you know, a person and their views just because you've done what? 200 episodes with yeah, them. Yeah, a lot. And, <laughs> And several workshops and read his book and all that jazz. But what's amazing to me is whenever you bring something new to the table, I always learn so much. Well, buckle up because I've spent the whole morning going over some stuff I have never taught before. Yeah. And so I... Is that why you look even more bald today? Because yeah, grass is growing a busy highway? It's uh, <laughs> it, Yeah, there's a lot going on. But welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. This isn't Sexy Marriage Radio getaway prep show. This is actually Sexy Marriage Radio <laughs> where we have regular conversations about the struggles and the successes and all of the things in between when it comes to sex and married sex and all of the stuff that, that, that surrounds it. And I have to say thank you to our listeners and to our audience that are regularly engaged with us, uh, either via email at feedbacksexymergeradio.com or the academy that they've joined. We've had an influx of people there lately, which is fantastic. It's been exciting they're, to see new people on yep, board. And they're taking advantage of the free trial. You can try it out for 30 days. We just did a coaching call last night with the academy that we covered some new ground, which was really fun mm-hmm. on some of the questions that were asked. And then there's also the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway, which uh, if you didn't sign up for it, you missed it because it starts tomorrow uh, from when this <laughs> airs. <laughs> and... Uh, We'll have some shows recorded from that, so you'll be able to hear a little bit about what goes on in the coming weeks. But the other thing I have to say thank you for is just the fact that our listeners, it seems like they tell other people, and it seems like because our audience is growing, and that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I have to say I'm humbled, and thank you Mm -hmm. for that, because that's a great, a great thing that the word is spreading and that we're reaching people. And one of the things, go ahead. Well, I know that we don't like to necessarily tout numbers or anything, but when you told me the most recent numbers the other night, I just about flipped. Yeah, we had last week the la- one of the largest download days we've ever had of almost 25,000 downloads on Thursday last week. In one day. In one day. Yeah, that's an incredible, an incredible thing. And so we'll talk about numbers later. Um, we'll talk about it in the Academy if you're interested. You can also send me an email, feedback at com. I'll let you know. Um, yeah. but And if you would like postcards so that you can let people know in your Sunday school class exactly. or your coworkers or whatever, just send it an email yep. at feedback at com, and I will put a stack of them in the mail to you. You just let me know how many you want. Yep, exactly. And so we need to, we need to back up a little bit because we had a guest on a couple weeks back, uh, Robert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. joined us and the whole episode was about the power of the third which if you missed it uh that's okay you can always jump back and i'll also give you a reader's digest version of it here in just a second episode number 292 right i 
you're well done. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't see yep. it right in front of me. I, I believe so. Good job. Um, and so the idea is the power of the third is a concept from Esther Pearl or mm-hmm. Perel. It depends mm-hmm. on probably what nationality you're speaking from <laughs> <laughs> on how you pronounce that. Um, that she has proposed because a lot of her work is under the whole, she does a lot of research on why affairs happen, specifically why do affairs happen in happy marriages, which is an interesting concept to think about. Because most of the time you think of, well, that affair, that's because of all this stuff was bad and somebody's checked out and nothing's happened and all that. But that's not always the case. And so she's, she's been curious about that. And she came up with this idea of, the power of the third, at least that's where I've come across it from. So I'm going to give her credit for it, even though it might be from someplace else, right. actually. And it's, it's the concept that while there's definite merit and blessing and sacredness of a marriage relationship, and we have been proponents here on Sexy Marriage Radio of the keeping sexual energy 100% focused and, dear, and directed towards your spouse, Mm-hmm. Have been and still are right, and there, but there's still a component of if you're living a vibrant, alive, passionate, energized life, that's going to be attractive to other people. There's going to mm. be other people that are kind of turned on by that, or intrigued by that, or flat out aroused and want you from that. Right, <laughs> right, just right. because who they knows perceive what's... something they, they don't have. Right. And so who knows what's going on in their world, and it's not about them, it's about you. And so the power of the third is recognizing that, that dynamic and not using it in your marriage, but recognizing it that it exists. And so we've got some feedback that came in from the episodes with Robert uh, on some of it saying, I wish you guys would have gone a whole lot longer with that show, which... I get it. <laughs> I can understand that. And it's heard and I, duly noted for the one or two of you that emailed specifically saying, if you guys need to go long, go long. I'll listen. Yeah. We don't want a premature <laughs> ending. Right. Who does? Um, We're kind of PE. Yeah. But there's also some of the feedback that came back saying, I don't know if that was ever really addressed. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I got some feedback from a colleague saying it almost sounded as if you were encouraging people to use the power of the third as a manipulation tool to coax their spouse into a place of greater sexual interest or whatever. And that is certainly not what we were proposing, proposing at all. Right. So I'm, I'm glad to have this opportunity to revisit that. I always appreciate it when our listeners speak up and say, did I hear what I think I heard? Yeah. Because chances are somebody else thought that they might've heard that same thing. Yeah. And by no means are we encouraging people to manipulate and control so we're not prescribing the power of the third. Right. We're only describing its reality. We're being realists here. Right. Because if if you know anything about me and then our show, because Shannon fits this this mode as well, we are proponents of personal responsibility. We are proponents of you control what you can control, and that's you. I mean, there's I've heard it. Uh, you put a hula hoop around your your body, and your focus is the hula hoop. What's inside the hula hoop? Inside, that's, that's not all outside. You, that's all you can control. Um, <laughs> Donald Miller refers to it in his book Scary Close as you put three pillows on the on the ground uh, in a line. You stand on one, your spouse stands on the other, and then what often happens is we are in control of our pillow, and we influence the middle pillow. But too often we step over and try to take care of our partner's pillow. And mm. that's not our, con- that's beyond our realm. Right. 
caretaking, codependency, all those right. issues that come part and parcel with that move. Right. And so it's it's trying to just recognize that the aspects of life on life terms, and as far as I think of it, is I need to be living a life that's fully alive, that's that's an energized. The one of the one of the ways I've come across it that I love the most is I need to I need to work to create a great cake of life for myself. Of of whatever that means. Service, love, compassion, joy energy, passion, you know, that I, that I have a vibrant life. And then my relationship is the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So if I keep that in a perspective, I think that helps. And when I can create a great cake of life and keep that in mind, now all of a sudden what we're really talking about is desire differences between us, isn't it? Because if you think about it, when I think about Robert's call, mm-hmm. the struggle was, how does he get his wife's desire amped up uh, closer to his own? That so there's less discre- less difference between it. And one of the things he said, from what I remember, was the power of the third uh, is is too threatening. So if he right. if he wields it, which we're not encouraging people to necessarily do, just to recognize that it exists. But if he right. wields it, that really taps right into her security issues of. Hold on, that's that that becomes she she withdraws she victims you know a, a lot of different reactions that aren't necessarily going to be in line with where he's wanting it to go or either right. of them wanting it to go. Right. Well, and I think that when you in, when you had talked about how you had mentioned to Pam that somebody was checking you out at a PTA meeting or whatever, mm-hmm. my guess is you and Pam were in such a good place and it was said in jest. But, you know, there's always an element of truth to any joke. And so it didn't cause Pam to crumble in any way, shape or form. I would imagine that she got a big kick out of it, you know, of, yeah, somebody wants my man, but she is so solid in y'all's relationship. But I can totally see how a wife who isn't in a solid place, either with herself or with the relationship, would interpret her husband's revelation of this as, what are you trying to say? What's your point? You know, Um, and I would think that... I'm not saying for men to orchestrate this or anything, but you know, for a man to say, just so you know, there are other women out there looking at me is very different than for a woman to notice that when wherever we're at, whenever we're out in public, women do seem to notice my husband. I would think that for a woman to be internally driven by the reality that there's always the power of the third looming over every marriage relationship, that that would be a little bit more motivating and less threatening than okay. her husband putting that in her face. Okay. So let's, let's back up even more and, and think of this through the lens of, don't we all have an element of, we want to be noticed? Sure. <laughs> I, I, I think that that comes part and parcel with survival instinct. None sure. of us wants to be overlooked in a tribe. Sure. You know? <laughs> and I mean, cause if, if you, if you stop by a mirror before you leave the house in the morning, you have a, con, you have a, con, an interest in how people are perceiving you, how you are being presented how, right. how you are being noticed. And if you have a chance where you walk into the closet and you're like, Ooh, that really shows off my body better than that one. I'm going to wear this one because I really, you know, I, I want to flaunt what I got. And maybe it's not that overt, but there's an element of, I feel good in that. And part of it is because right. other people notice me. Right. I was, I was going to say, and there's usually an element of, because I'm going to encounter a certain person today, I'll put this on instead of that. Maybe, but yeah. it could even be much more innocent than that of, I, I like the responses I get from everybody 
when I wear this. Girlfriends, guys, girls, which doesn't matter. I love mm-hmm. the whole, man, you look good in that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what boosts our ego. That's what boosts our identity even. And so there is sure. an element of that is the way we are as wi- wired as people. Right. And it's not always about sexual attraction. No. Sometimes we want to just look polished and professional or we want to look sincere. I mean, there are certain colors psychologically that that exude sincerity more than others. So there's all kinds of reasons why we would well, sure. make these kind of choices. Yep. Because we want to be liked. We want mm-hmm. to be noticed. I think that's a human nature thing. Sure. So how yeah. do we see it in ourselves and keep it in proper perspective? How do see, we that's, go? That's the key, keeping it in proper perspective. Because what I really wanted to ask is how do you – how to utilize the power of the third to your advantage or to the advantage of the relationship. For example, just last night on the Academy call, there uh, was a gal who was talking about how at their church, there were two couples that were friends with each other. And one of the partners of each couple wound up having an affair with each other. And it just created so many ripple effects and just shock and, and just a lot Mm -hmm. of disappointment, a lot of pain, but she also commented about how it stirred her passion to invest in her own marriage relationship to make sure that that didn't happen to them. Right. And so that's a, an example of using the power of the third to your advantage of if it's going to inspire you to connect more fully with your partner, then you're using it in the right way. But the question remains, I, and I think that this is why we got that, e- that email from Josh saying, you could have gone a lot longer. <laughs> how do you... Use it to your advantage to awaken your spouse's desire to be intimate with you without wielding it over them or causing them to crumble, as we've talked about. Yeah, I think we get on slippery ground whenever we say, how do you use it? Right. As opposed to, how do we recognize its existence for both of us in a conversation to just be able to see? Because look at it, too, from the finiteness of life, that so this, this is a challenge. We're going to do this at the getaway. So I'm giving a little bit of a privy to those of you guys that are coming. But uh, take a moment when you get a chance and, and uh, gaze up in your partner's eyes. And after you kind of have really connected and you feel like you've seen each other and you've been seen, take a moment and realize one of you is not going to be around at some point in your life because we all are going to die, <laughs> right? It's just... It's, so how do I see this as, okay, I could either be afraid of that and start withdrawing, or I could see it as I need to, I need to grow up and lean into this and soak up as much as I can and give as much as I can and savor as much as I can and enjoy. And, and I think that's the difference. It's an individual path then that plays out relationally. And that's the huge difference is a lot of times we want to have a relational thing to control our partner. Because it's a whole lot easier if I could just waken them up, if I could just get them to do what I want, if I could just have them invested to the degree I am, rather than am I invested in the way I want to be? Am I engaged in the way I want to be? Because that's really all I can control. Right. Okay, so I'm going to turn the tables on this conversation. Are you ready? Go. Is there anything else you wanted to add in that vein? Nope. Okay. Well, here's the thought that I had is if the husband is asking, how can I use this to my, or, okay, I'm not going to use that expression anymore. How can I, how did you word it? How can I recognize Recognize the existence of it? Yes. (laughs) Right. 
So it's not just the husband who may have other women noticing him. The power of the third works two ways. Mm -hmm. He needs to also recognize that there may be men who are checking his wife out and more eager to meet whatever needs you don't always recognize to meet in her. So in addition to recognizing what needs you're wanting her to meet, and I'm speaking in stereotypical terms, it can just as easily be turned around, uh, you know, to be, you know, to work in the opposite direction, but what could you be doing to make sure that you're meeting your wife or your partner's needs in such a way that the power of the third doesn't loom as large over your spouse's life? Because I know, I mean, I've, through all these years of coaching, I know that most people get more tempted outside of their marriage relationship when their needs aren't being met because we are selfish creatures mm-hmm. and we do have basic human needs and desires for closeness and connection and, and passion and energy and all that jazz that comes with it. So is this one of those questions where we should ask kind of like, was it John F. Kennedy who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Right. Ask not what your spouse can do for you, but what you can do for your spouse. Sure. I mean, is it, would that be helpful information? No, I, I think that if it, they applied it to, to me, it all boils down to, am I taking charge of what I'm in charge of? Yeah. It, Cause that's the end of the argument right there. It, because how often do we focus on other things that were are far beyond our control and then bellyache, whine, complain, or intellectualize, scheme, <laughs> request, whatever, to realize there is dynamics of a, of a marriage relationship, especially when you're talking about desire, that, man, you talk about feeling powerless when it comes to uh, comparing your desire to your partner's level of desire. Yep. Or being chosen when it comes to, you know, I don't feel like you choose me. And I don't feel like, because the likelihood is there's some truth in that. And the best yeah. in us, though, is able to acknowledge that, uh, absorb it, confront what's true, and then continue to go forward and realize, you know what? You're right. Here's, okay, so I had the, the blessing of baptizing my son on Father's Day. So a fantastic thing. We then, w- with each of the kids, when they've, when they've been baptized, we gave them Bibles. You know, the church gives them Bibles, but I've gone out and bought a nice little thin line, you know, leather, one of those kind of lifetime Bibles, hopefully. So I give it to, to my son without Pam's presence. She's busy with family doing other things, and it was a quick moment. I said, hey, buddy, come here. And so I take care of it. And it's all stemming from... If the reverse were true, where she gave it to him without my presence, that wouldn't be as big a deal to me because the sentiment is still in, attached. It was a bigger deal to Pam, and I missed it. She's like, you already gave it to him, and she was hurt. I understand that. But I didn't acknowledge it, and I didn't confront it in the moment. I just kind of was on my own agenda. So when she brought it back up later and said, you do that a lot, mm. I'm like, you're right. Wow. <laughs> I, I did. That's 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 on me. You didn't realize it, yeah. but you can't deny it. <laughs> that's on me. That I, that is my deal. I did that, and so now the question is, how do I recognize going forward, taking into account the importance that she is in my world and in my life? Do I acknowledge it, or do I continue my path? Because now we're talking about the growth wheel of marriage. We're talking about the growth wheel of our own life, and it's being able to see it as. Am I taking charge of what I believe and what I say? And am I living accordingly? 
Because mm-hmm. we are very good salesmen as humans, aren't we? I'll, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get around <laughs> to that. Our PR firm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I, I'm not in the mood now, but I'll later. And later uh-huh. never comes. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and so it's just seeing it as, all right, there is a dynamic at play. And the whole point to me of this concept is I've got to recognize the playing field of my marriage. And then also, more importantly, recognize my own insecurities, the, the way I maybe use this in negative ways, in, in, in harmful ways, in subtle ways, so that I'm living a life that is inviting, and the way you phrase it, inspiring to the people I'm with, that, I, that I'm right. being, living within my integrity. I'm living within my own character. Mm-hmm. Inspiring versus requiring. Right. Right. And that leads me to my next question, too, that I want to pose to any partner who feels frustrated by their spouse's lack of interest is, do you know what it is that they truly need in order to become aroused, to feel connected, to have the desire to bond on a physical level? And the next question to that is, do they know? Because it's <laughs> right. really hard for us, for you as a spouse to understand what your partner really, really needs unless they communicate that to you very clearly. It, it, and maybe that's just very subtly in the, in terms of feedback of, I love it when you do that, or that made me feel really special when X, Y, Z happened, or I love it when you touch me there, or uh, I love it when you put the kids to bed at night or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. But there needs to be an understanding of where is the magic button? Where is the magic wand? Right. Because without that insight, without that roadmap to the magic wand, it's hard to make the magic happen. <laughs> sure. Especially since so many couples have different love languages. Yep. You know, it all goes back to, to Gary Chapman's work with the five different languages of love, with the physical touch and words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and quality time. Yep. That you may be speaking your language, but they're not hearing it in their language. Right. Um, so, yeah important concepts. Yeah, it is. And so I guess to, to go back to Robert's concern um, with how do I acknowledge this when my wife sees it as a huge, huge threat? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a, that's a tougher one. <laughs> okay. I, I have another thought on that one. Go. Well, I don't want to interrupt no, you. No, no, go. You're okay. Good. If, if he will keep in mind that a woman's greatest need in a relationship is security. I'm sorry, but women are very security driven. Yep. It's the mama bear instinct. It's the, it's the survival instinct of, I need to feel securely connected to you. I need to know that you're going to be there for me. Does that mean that no wrench could ever be thrown into our marriage? No, I acknowledge that life happens and we don't always have control over those things, but I need to know that you're, very intentional about doing things on a daily basis, both mentally and emotionally and physically and spiritually to keep the bond going here. Right. So I would think that if he is meeting her needs for security, an occasional quip about somebody checking you out, kind of like you did with Pam, wouldn't cause her to crumble so much. What I wonder is the wife who crumbles under that kind of comment or feeling as if it's being used as leverage, what else is going on underneath her surface? Right. What foundation is shaking beneath her feet? Because right. I can guarantee you that people who come from broken families themselves, whose parents divorced, or they, they felt like a stretch arm strong doll in the middle of a tug of war after parents divorce or whatever, those are going to be the adults 
that they take this kind of stuff seriously. Right. You don't joke around about this. Right. You don't allude to it. You don't threaten it. That it is very serious business. Right. Yeah, because it's, it's recognizing that what's yours and what's theirs, because there is an element of if I acknowledge a truth about life and they crumble, is that really my responsibility to tiptoe around that truth all the time? Or do I, can I graciously and solidly still say, you know what, this is still a reality, though? And then that kind of almost forces the hand of the partner, because that's the one thing when we start getting in the weeds to this degree, <laughs> that it's, it, it, people can hear it as, but you're saying ultimatums are okay. You're saying divorce is okay. You're saying that. And I'm like, no, I'm not saying no. any of those are okay. I'm just saying they're realities of it life. Hap- on, we're saying it happens. That's what happens in life on life terms. That is right. who we are at its core. This is human nature. Yes. So it's, we, we seek security and we seek connection. Yep. So and if we're not getting it, one of those two things, it, the temptation is to run or to look elsewhere. Sure. So it's seeing it as what's mine and what's yours. And how do I allow the pressure of ours to play out on both of us? Because that's what it does. It's seeing it as here's, I used to do um, in the married life 911 course I've got, there's a, a module in there that talks about the playing field, the playground of relationships. And it's the dynamics of a system and how systems seek homeostasis. And so in it, I talk about, uh, there's a, characters of Stephen Michelle, and there's a little animated video of it. And they're both overweight, and they're somewhat lazy, and they've just kind of got this relationship that's just kind of become monotonous. And so Coasting. one, right? And so one day, Steve gets upset and frustrated over his own life. He's like, you know what? I don't like who I am. I don't like my sedentary night lifestyle. I don't like how much I'm attached to Ben and Jerry ice cream rather than <laughs> other things. And, and so he decides he's going to get on a, a, a nutrition plan and a diet, and he starts working out, and he starts losing weight. Well, that be, initially, Michelle's like, I like this. This Look at him. He looks great. But then she starts noticing other women noticing him. And so she's all, I don't know if I like this, because now all of a sudden he might leave because I have to confront my side of things now or get him to come back to the way things were. And this is the subtleties of relationships. Right. She would show up at night and have his favorite Ben and Jerry ice cream waiting for him. Oh, and she would, you know, sabotage. Right. And these are subtle things that it's not necessarily a conscious, I'm going to make you stay with me. It's kind of a, my security is threatened. What can I do to get it back to comfortable again? Interesting. Instead of, maybe rather than, I need to look at my own choices and I need to maybe get on a diet plan myself and maybe I need to work out or I need to just take the risk of saying, he says he's with me. I need to take him at his word and I need to make sure I'm at least offering something that's worth being with as my character and my integrity. And then I let it play out as two adults would play out. Mm -hmm. So this is what I mean by letting it, letting the power of the third be an inspiration coming from inside right. the spouse rather than a leverage or a tool used for leverage. My guess is, is that husband had no intention of making her feel uncomfortable right. by him making healthy life choices. Right. But that's just, that's the result of she had to face her own choices of, am I going to continue down the unhealthy path or am I going to join him on the healthy path? Am yep. I going to run the risk of losing him or am I going to step up to the plate? 
because we are kind of, we do kind of gravitate. We're birds of a feather that flock together. We have a tendency <laughs> to gravitate toward people that we perceive are on the equal level as us, right. as far as looks and health right. and right. all of that sort of thing. So yeah, hopefully this has brought a little bit more clarity yeah. to those who are listening and it didn't sit well with them. The concept that we were trying to describe not prescribe. Right. Cause I, I want to at least one of my goals and, and passions is I want people to understand better the dynamics of systems and relationships so that that way mm-hmm. they can use those dynamics rather than be used by those dynamics. Right. And as a wake up call to those people who assume that would never happen to me, <laughs> my spouse would never be unfaithful to me. We would never go through a divorce. Right. People who say never, usually wind up eating their words in some right. form or fashion. Right. And I would sure hate it to be your marriage that, yeah. Yeah, because this is, I mean, if you've been around Sex and Marriage Radio any length of time, you know, we, we're not afraid of some of the weeds. <laughs> that come no, with, we'll go digging in the that, dirt that with you. Yeah. That comes with married life. And this is one of them. Uh, yeah. it, it's just trying to understand the dynamics that play and the pressures that we each have living life on life terms. And... Mm-hmm. How do I start to see these things, not so much as a threat, but just as a as a something that exists, as a dynamic, as a reality? And I don't use it as and I don't wield it as a threat or as a manipulative tool. I just recognize, you know what? I bet oh, it's the same kind of thing that if I was to try to just if I had a job that was a, a salaried gig and I just like I'm going to see how long I can coast before they recognize I'm not doing my job, but I still get my money. <laughs> Bad move. <laughs> right. Eventually, it's going to be like, uh, I'm going to have to face the piper on that right. one. Right. And Same thing is true in marriage. Exactly. So it's like, I'm just going to expect my spouse to swallow the worst because they said they would for better or for worse. Rather right. They than, made a vow. Rather than the worst is on me. So I better make sure I'm owning and dealing with my worst, not them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been Sexy so, Marriage so Radio. For those of you that are coming to the getaway tomorrow, travel safely. We can't yeah. wait to see you. See you next time. We love you for listening.